Welcome to the Design of You podcast. My name is Leah. I'm a human design expert, spirituality coach, wellness guru, and manifestation powerhouse. My podcast is here to educate, inspire, and uplevel your life. I love sharing with you the ins and outs of the human design system in a practical, empowering, and embodied way. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode. I'm so pumped to talk to you all today because I am going to be starting this series on energy types, but I did want to say I'm so sorry for the delay, and I'm actually not sorry, but, you know, I'm still working through people-pleasing conditioning, so... Sorry that it's been a little bit MIA. Um, I have, you know, if you've listened to my last couple episodes or follow me on Instagram in any degree, you know that it's been a really busy month. We started the month with just a lot of kind of anxiety, financial triumph and different things with my dog going into emergency surgery twice. Yeah, it has been a lot, just a lot of looking after him and uh, making sure he's okay And then I launched my new group program, The Method, which I know I've been sharing a lot about here. I launched that and it has been so cool so far. There's 15 people in The Method, this group. And just so you know, I plan to do two cohorts of the group uh, twice a year. We'll see if things change, but this group goes until the end of August. And then the next group will start shortly after that in the fall. So if you want to join the group, The Method, definitely look out for the next launch of that and know that you can join a one-on-one version of the method at any point in time so you don't have to wait for the groups if you wanted to do a more intimate one-on-one container that is available at all times or at least until my calendar fills up with a certain number of people so if you're interested i'll link the method below okay so As I'm kicking off this energy type series, I was actually intending to do an episode last week on just energy type basics. But honestly, as I was like thinking about what I was going to say in that episode, it kind of became apparent that I should just do these episodes on each of the energy types because there's a lot to say about each of them. So it would be rather a challenge to just have one episode getting into all of them unless you wanted to listen to literally like four hours of me talking. (laughs) So what I decided to do is create this energy type series and talk about each of the energy types and then bring in a guest speaker that is one of the energy types to share about their experience. And today I'm so excited because the guest that I bring on is Alexandra F. Cole. That's her Instagram handle, actually. And she is the first person that I had a human design reading with. So she's very special to me. She's also a 5-1 generator like I am, but she is an emotional generator and I am a sacral generator, which just simply means that she needs more time with making decisions and I need really no time. So excited to talk to her. I Honestly, it is a full circle moment just being able to bring the person that I literally heard human design firsthand from and who taught me about myself come on my human design podcast. So that's actually just wild. Uh, But, you know, that is just really the magic of, you know, following what lights you up. And we talk a lot about tips on, you know, prioritizing your satisfaction. And so if you're a generator listening, 
I really recommend sticking around for that portion of the show. We also talk a lot about parenting and self-care. And it's honestly, you know, I'm a generator and I practice human design and I even was getting nuggets from it. And that's really what it's intended to be like. I think some people find that, or not find, some people think that human design is a destination and it's not, it's a journey, it's an experiment. And so it's really cool to like hear about human design from people that you love and admire because it's like, oh wow, like I just needed to hear it in that way again, or that's such a reminder. So I don't know, it's just something that I was thinking about. And, um, you know, what I want, what I wanted to say is that this is really a forever knowledge system. And especially as a one line in human design, you know, I love my research and I love learning. So there's not enough that I can get in the human design world. So I'm pumped to kick off this series. So I've recorded with, uh, we've got the generator episode that's coming out that's right now. It's, it's coming out as you're listening, um, which is going to be a few days from when I'm actually recording it. And then next week I record with one of my favorite manifesting generators ever. Her name is Natalia Benson. I'm so pumped to launch that episode. She is someone I deeply admire. So look out for that. And then the following week, I do an episode with Erin Claire Jones, who is one of the leading human design voices in this space. And she is an amazing emotional projector. So we talk to her. And then the following week after that, I have Vanessa Henry, who is a human design expert, and she's like the variable queen. And we talk about everything around being a manifester. And then the final episode in this series is with a beautiful reflector who does mediumships, uh, animal healing. Her name is Trisha Carr. So we have an episode with her talking about what it means to be a reflector. So I am I'm so excited to launch this series. I have learned so much so far, but I just know it's going to be a really cool way to just understand yourself on a deeper level. I want to start with talking about what an energy type is. So the thing that I get a lot from people who are really new to human design is, so is this like my zodiac sign? So, you know, I'm a Scorpio. So is that kind of what this means? Yes and no. It's it's less about your personality characteristics like uh, your zodiac sign can be. It's more about how your energy operates. And so our energy type, it reveals our innate nature. It reveals the gifts that we bring to the world as well as our vulnerabilities. And it tells us how we can best use our energy in the world to reach our maximum potential through partnerships, families, teams, relationships, and more. And so your energy type is kind of like the energy that you bring to the world. And there are five in human design. So you can be a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, manifester, or reflector. And again, I'm having, there's going to be episodes on each type with a guest that is, that does embody that type. And what I would like to tell you is that each of the names make sense. So generators, they generate a lot of energy manifesting generators they can pave their own way sort of like manifest and then you know generate energy as well projectors can project onto people manifestors they can pave their own way and manifest their desires easily and then reflectors reflect energy back to others and a quick overview of the population percentage of each of the types so generators make up 35 to 38 percent of the population manifesting generators make up 32 to 35 percent of the population 
Projectors make up 20 to 24% of the population. Manifestors make up 8 to 10% of the population. And reflectors make up 1 to 2% of the population. And so today, of course, is going to be all about generators. But I wanted to just let you guys know that if you know your type, you're going to know strategy, signature theme, and not self-theme. So as you're listening to these episodes, you're going to hear a lot about those three components with the energy type. So let's start with generators. So I mentioned that the generators make up around 35 to 38% of the population. And being a generator is all about being someone that generates a lot of energy. Generators are people who they have this very open and enveloping aura, and it feels like a big warm embrace when they walk into a room. And, you know, the gift of being a generator is that you have the ability to lift up the energy of a room when you are operating in alignment. And what I mean by that is, so generators are these people that they have this sacral motor inside of them and and manifesting generators too, but we'll talk a lot about the differences in their uh, series that will come out next week. But what it means to be a generator is that you have this sacral gut life force energy defined within your system. So if you look at your body graph, it is the second square from the bottom and that is your gut sacral response center. And so if that is colored in, or in other words, called defined, that means that you are a generator or a manifesting generator, depending on what's connecting. So if you don't know your type, you go to my website. It's thedesignofyou.com slash get dash your dash chart. And this will be linked below in the show notes. Look up your chart and next to the energy type, it'll say which one you are. And really the gift of being a generator is that you are someone that lifts up the energy of the world when you are working in response and doing the things that you love to do. So that energy motor inside of you, it's like quite literally like when the power goes out, you plug in a generator. You have a built-in generator motor if you're a generator inside your system. And so generators, when they do things that they love, that generator motor like revs up and it sparkles out of them. And so There is a very big difference between someone who is using their energy on things that they love and and using their energy on things that they hate. And so that's really important to note when we talk about human design generators, because if they fall into doing things that they hate doing or they prioritize other people's satisfaction above their own, they will feel very out of alignment and they will feel very frustrated and If you are a generator and you're like, I don't have this energy or I feel like really exhausted and depleted often, well, that's a ding, ding, ding for you to get into alignment and start being more in touch with your gifts of being a generator, which is to follow what you love to do and prioritize your own satisfaction. You know, generators, they're natural doers, they're builders, they're the life force. They're meant to respond to life rather than chase after life. They're designed to sustain energy for long periods of time, again, if spent on the right things. They are people who are naturally capable of doing a lot, but it doesn't always mean that they have to do everything. It's just whatever, again, sparks joy inside of them. And the more that a generator follows their light, the more good energy spills out and sparkles out of them for everyone else to grab onto. They literally radiate. So the one thing I always say, because I am a generator, is when you went to a reading with me and if, or if you go to like a talk or a masterclass that I host, 
you will see me literally lighting up. And, I, and I'm not just saying that to just be like, that's what I do as a generator. I literally, every time I do something that I enjoy doing, I always get a comment like, you just glow when you're talking about human design or you just radiate when you're teaching or doing, you know, something that I really was, you had a desire to do and something that was really lighting me up. And, you know, so it's, it's, it really does happen. So that is the gift of being a generator. The other thing to note about generators is that sacral motor is actually the location of the gut. So generators are born with a strong gut feeling and it's vital that they trust their gut. Now, what you're going to hear later in this episode is when we talk to Alexandra, she's going to talk about her being a uh, emotional generator, which means that she does have a strong gut, but she can't access her gut in the moment. It really is something that she has to feel through over time. And the thing is that like the gut keeps speaking to you. The gut always talks to you. So if you're a sacral generator, so there's kind of like two breeds of generators, either a sacral generator or an emotional generator, a sacral generator, which is what I am, oftentimes called a pure generator, they'll know immediately. So when something shows up for you when you're you know designed to live in response, if it's a yes, you'll know right away. And if it's a no, you'll know right away too. Where a generator goes wrong is if they're not listening to that. So let's talk about some challenges. So some challenges with being a generator is that, you know, we do live in a world that pulls us away from doing things that light us up. Sometimes we overcommit or we have to do things or we're built or we're living in this society that tells us that we have to, you know, work this strict nine to five and commit to things. And when a generator overcommits to something that they don't actually want to do, it's like detrimental, not only for their own energy, but it affects everyone, especially the non-sacral beings in other words, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So again, it's so important that generators do what they love because when they're working in alignment to what's satisfying to them, it benefits everyone. The other thing that generators struggle with is expectations and again, overcommitment, saying yes to everything just because they seemingly have the energy to do it when it's not actually something that they want to do. And generators sometimes struggle with being unable to shift direction quickly because, you know, once their energy is there, they they can't pivot. So some myths about generators as well that I want to touch on that I get all the time because generators, the societal kind of thing that happened or the generational thing is that like generators were really they were living in a world that was built by them or we're living in a world that was built by generators, but we're in this massive shift. But I almost don't like saying that because I don't think that the world we live in really benefits everyone. I don't think that it benefits every single person because I've heard a lot of times generators are like the nine to fivers and it's just simply not true because, and I, and I personally hate that because I am a generator and I left my nine to five because it was the most draining shit of my life. And so I really don't think that generators um, are the nine to fivers. I just think that when a generator does what they love, they have energy to sustain for a long time. So sometimes when that happens, it allows them to be able to work a little bit longer or, um, you know, potentially work a nine to five. But I think a lot of us are working jobs that we hate. Right. So that's a myth. The other thing is like generators, they're building everyone else's dreams. And that's not true. A generator, all of us are meant to work toward our own dreams and our own satisfaction or success, depending on your type. 
your peace, right? Generators are are meant to do what lights them up, not everyone else's. You know, generators are meant to build the world. You hear that a lot. Not necessarily we all have a place in this world depending on our type. Um, generators also aren't full of energy 100% of the time. The goal as a generator is that when you lay your head down at night, when you get into bed, you're supposed to feel so fulfilled and satisfied that you you know had a day where you were using your energy and all the things that you love to do. And so at that moment when you lay down, your energy feels drained, but not that like it because it leaked out or it was depleted. It's like drained because you've used it doing things that you love doing. And so generators do absolutely do not have energy all the time. I do not have energy all the time. And I will certainly say that the generators in my life do not have energy all the time either. They are just people who when they do things that they enjoy doing, they have more of it. And when they use it on things that they love, they use it effectively where it drains out and then they can go to bed. And then that's kind of like them plugging the battery in at night and filling it back up, right? I've often heard before generators aren't supposed to teach human design. I I mean, I don't even have to really comment on that because that's, I mean, simply not true because that's what I do, um, that they can't guide other people. I actually get really annoyed when I see that from people. So um, I've heard a lot of projectors say that generators can't guide. And that's just simply not true at all. They can. Generators, if they're healthy, they can guide. If they're not healthy, it's important for them to become healthy or to understand when they're not healthy to be careful in how they guide. It's just important to note that not every type is the same. So, you know, as me as a generator, when I'm guiding a projector, for example, I have to be aware of the energy differences that I have versus them, but it doesn't mean that I can't do it. So let's now talk about generators and some of the basics about being a generator. So again, their aura is open and enveloping and their strategy is to respond, wait to respond. Now, as we go through this series, you'll learn that every single type besides the manifester is to wait to do something, wait to respond, wait for an invitation, wait a 28 day lunar cycle and manifestors are the only type that aren't designed to wait all of the other design types are designed to wait for something and so when you wait to respond it simply means that as a generator you are constantly magnetizing things towards you to respond to so it doesn't matter what you do the universe is plopping things into And the example I remember that Alexandra gave me, she doesn't in this episode, but my first reading, she gave this to me and it always stuck out to me was if you've ever been to one of those sushi restaurants where it's like the conveyor belt and the sushi sushi goes around and then you just get to decide like, ooh, that one sounds good. And then they put it on your table. It's kind of like that's what life is like for a generator where it's like there's constantly things that are being planted in front of you, whether it's an idea. So whether it's an idea or it's something that physically is in front of you, you're designed to respond. So instead of chasing and pushing and forcing things to happen, it's going, what sounds good to me? What feels good? What's going to be satisfactory to me? What is my gut responding to? And your gut, when it will, when it lights up, it's going to feel full-bodied and elated. So in the sushi example, it's like, you know, you'll see you'll see like a roll come by and you may feel like, oh, that looks really good. I'm excited about that. And so it's like this instant feeling where it's like, okay, you grab that and then you, you know, that one comes on your table. And then, you know, maybe there's like, you know, weird piece of like steak that comes around, like at least the one that I'm thinking of that's 
local to close to where I live. It's like they'll have like pieces of steak that come around. There will be like different pieces of fish or like cheesecake. And I'm not like a huge cheesecake girl. So I remember when I was there, it's like, you know, that one was like a no for me, right? Like that didn't sound good in the moment. And so it's like, I don't have to even overthink it. So the gut feeling speaks to the generator. And it's very counterintuitive to hear that because where that's again, why when people are like the generators are lucky because the society was built for them, not really because the society that we currently live in says, you know, do it anyway, have the cheesecake because it's, it's available. It's not free. That's a bad example, but you know, choose the, choose the thing or do the thing that, you know, is the smart thing to do when it's like, no, my gut isn't lit up about that. So we have to go after the things that we want to do. And the other thing that our society will tell us is that we have to create our realities and we have to work hard and we have to, you know, do a bunch of things. And that's some conditioning that I'm working through at this moment. And I'm continuing to work through this. The hardest part of my conditioning process so far has been this working thing, like overworking as a generator because like I have conditioning around that, but then also it's like what, you know, using my energy and I have energy to sustain sometimes. And sometimes I use it to work on things where it's not always things that are satisfying to me. And so it's like a huge shift to get out of our minds and to drop into our gut intuition and just follow what's lighting us up. So the thing that is just best for a generator, and we're going to talk about this when Alexandra comes on, is just following what is lighting you up. And I'm just going to leave it there because we get into some really good stuff around that in the episode. And the signature theme with being a generator, so the sign that a generator is in alignment is satisfaction. And the sign that a generator is out of alignment is frustrated. And so I then want to give you guys just some general tips. So generators listening, here's some TLC for you. So first, I'm going to give you a mantra. And the mantra that I give generators, and this is actually being pulled from my guidebooks, is I follow my joy. And the thing that I want generators to remember is don't overthink it. Trust your gut. The thing for a generator to look out for is overcommitting. And a remedy for a generator is to say no. And then certainly but not least, an affirmation that I invite you if you're a generator listening to take into your day is when I focus on my bliss, I brighten up my world and everyone else's. Again, when I focus on my bliss, I brighten up my world and everyone else's. So if you're a generator listening, I hope you bring that into your day. And because I know that everyone loves hearing about what different celebrity types are. So some famous generators include Beyonce, Albert Einstein, Oprah Winfrey, and Dolly Parton. So I'm going to leave you guys there with all the good generator information and tune into the next portion with Alexandra F. Cole talking about all things generators. So let's get into it. All right, guys, we have Alexandra F. Cole here to talk about everything being a generator and human design. And as I've said, Alexandra is someone who I have just admired so much along my human design journey. Like I I really wouldn't be here without her. Um, When I first got into human design, she was the person that I had my first human design session with. So um, I'm super excited to bring her on. Like what a full circle moment. So without further ado, Alexandra, introduce yourself, tell everyone about you and everything about generators. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. The admiration is mutual. 
I think in that first session that we did, something in me saw your your literal sacral response to human design. And I had a feeling you were going to do something with it, but I obviously had never could have imagined like how far you take it and how amazing you would kind of amazingly, you would translate this system in your own way um, and create so many super cool products. So um, thank you for, for having me. Yeah. Um, I'll keep my introduction super short. I am a human design reader. I also have a more corporate business and that is by design, no pun intended. I started my career more in kind of management consulting and became an entrepreneur kind of by happenstance. But that process of kind of leaving the safe corporate job to start my own thing led me on a whole journey of personal development, which ultimately led me to human design, initially just out of kind of personal curiosity. And then slowly but surely, I you know became certified, started doing some reading for friends. And as you know how it goes, you you just, it kind of takes a hold of you. And the passion kind of takes, took me on this journey to start a whole side business. So now I um, still have my company. Um, and then I also have a kind of fledgling human design business where I work with people one-on-one um, and focus very much on kind of career purpose and now also parenting because I have a 20-month-old son um, who's incredible and who has taught me so much about human design too because you get to kind of see it play out in real time in a little human without any conditioning. That's me in a nutshell. I love it. And I have your book, Purpose Playbook, or Purpose Playbook, mm-hmm. yeah. I have it. I read that right after you and I did our session. I think that was like shortly after you just launched the book. So I read that that was a huge part of my journey because I think what I what I realized when I had a human design reading with you was how far out of alignment I was. And and of course, I'm, you know, like you, a self-help junkie was really into kind of all of that human design was just this extra extra like oomph around understanding yourself that I really desired. And like, I always say it was like language to my soul that I just needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I, I give you just so much like love for being the person to give that and share that with me. And then again, your just book on purpose. It just helped me really feel like, you know, what is my purpose? What am I meant to do? And of course, like human design isn't everyone becomes a human design reader, but um, I guess that's sort of like the path that it took me down. So yeah, Alexander, you do so many cool things. Like I I feel like, and if you guys don't follow her, she has really cool posts that are extremely educational. Like you're someone who um, you really take things and break them down in such an easy way. And I, I think that I even learned things from going to your page, even being so deep into human design. Like I just love your takes on stuff. So what did it feel like when you first looked up your human design and saw that you were a generator? Ooh, I've got to go way back. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I remember first finding out that I was a generator and then seeing that it was the most common type. It didn't resonate with me as much or I kind of wrote it off a little bit. So I was like, I'm not the most common type. I'm, I'm special, <laughs> right? I did the same yeah. thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the more I learned about being a generator, the more it just perfectly depicted me. At least I think the thing that I needed to shift was that the energy type is just that. It describes the way your energetics work. It doesn't speak to your personality or even come close to being all encompassing of the many, many gifts that everyone has. And that kind of unique combination of all of that, that is your chart. But at like the most basic foundational level, it describes 
you know, how you invest your energy in order to get the greatest return on that investment. And that for me was so true to being a generator, this idea Mm -hmm. of, you know, dancing through life and feeling lit up by things from the inside out. And the other thing I realized was all of that felt almost too obvious to me. And because we take it for granted in a way. Mm -hmm. And it was only when I started learning about the other types that I started recognizing, oh, wait, this doesn't work the same way for everyone. My husband is, is a projector. And I almost understood myself better as a generator when I compared myself to him and saw that, okay, you know, satisfaction for me is such an important part of life. And and I experienced that in such a kind of full body visceral way. He as a projector is never satisfied. That's just not part of the way his energetics work. He's always looking towards what's the next thing. How can I improve this? And so I think that a lot of my understanding of being a generator actually came from looking at some of the other types and finally realizing, oh, wait, we're not all designed to energetically work the same way. I love that you said you learned through your husband and then again, your your kids, because like I think those are two, the people that are closest to you can kind of observe that. And I also relate so much to you just saying, you know, you looked up that you were a, a generator and you felt, oh, I'm just like, I'm the most common type. And I, it's funny because I was just talking in one of the, so I'm recording a bunch of these with different um, energy types and people that are sort of leaders in the human design space. And I recorded an episode with Vanessa Henry and and we were talking about, well, actually, now, now that I'm saying, it, I don't know if it was her or the reflector that I interviewed. And so they were saying how they didn't like that they were so rare. Maybe it was the reflector. Now I'm getting them mixed mm-hmm. up. So I recorded them like within a day of each other. But it's just funny because it's like some people are like, oh, like I'm like just so rare and like not that many people are like me and they don't like that. And then us that are us as generators, we're like, wait, we're like everyone else. But <laughs> I totally agree with you because when I... I felt like when I first learned about the projector, I felt like the words around being a projector aligned with me so much because I was someone who always had leadership positions and they're like the leaders, right? Or the guides. I've always been like the person that people come to for advice. But really, I love what you said. It's like more about your energy, less about your personality. And I think that that was something that I, that honestly prompted me to dive a little bit deeper because I was like, I don't, what do, what do you mean? Like, I'm just someone that's meant to be satisfied. Like I've always been this leader and this guide and this mentor, you know, but I want to be successful. Yeah. Success is so associated with projectors. I feel like a lot of generators are like, oh, but I feel like I, success is really important to me. And I always have to explain it totally can be, yeah. but it looks different to you than it does to a projector. 100%. Yeah. And the way that I've been describing it to people is like, if you close your eyes and say like two generators walked in the room, and of course, different types are going to feel the energies in different ways. It's like you, the, they could be very different generators, but you may feel the energy of them and it might feel similar. Or if you closed your eyes and two reflectors walked in there, well, you may just be feeling yourself of the reflector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more like, of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And But it's like you can feel like there's an energy. But then when you get to know these people, they're going to look very different. They're going to act very different. They're going to have very different personalities. So it's um, that's one of the things I kind of say is like it's almost more fun to dive into like profile a little bit more than mm-hmm. like the energy type because it's like the energy type can appear in so many different ways. It's just a general like feeling of how the energy is meant to be like played out against the other energies. Totally. I love that description too. Yeah. So tell us about like just being a generator. What is the thing that you wish that more people understood about generators? 
So first of all, you know, you know, Jenna well, and I'm going to steal something that she says. She says, hashtag free the generator all the time. And I think what she means by that is this idea that generators, because we have this motor that just has the ability to kind of churn constantly and hustle and grind, we can take so much on, right? We can keep filling our plate and manage to survive that, right? Where a projector and to some degree a manifestor and definitely a reflector, they kind of shut down. Their body literally will just stop functioning if they put too much on their plate for too long. Whereas a generator, sometimes our biggest challenge is that there is this whole kind of space between being fully lit up and alive as a generator and being fully drained, there is so much space. And that's a blessing and a curse, right? Because we can be quote unquote, fine for a very, very, very long time. But that doesn't mean that we're doing as well as we should be. And so there's so many generators that aren't reaching their full potential, because they can keep convincing themselves, we're fine, we can keep saying yes to a bunch of things that are actually no's, and keep muddling through and keep, you know, still making progress. But if they only knew how incredible it could feel to be that like fully alive side of the spectrum and how much flow they could experience in life and magnetism they could experience, they would never settle for fine. But most of us just don't even know what that looks like because from such a young age, we've kind of been conditioned to say yes and to take things on. And so many of us associate our self-worth and our value with how much we're able to say yes and how much we're able to do for other people. And that does just make it very difficult to set boundaries. So I would say like, even if you're a generator listening to this and you think you're doing a good job and you're like, I'm fine, I'm pretty great. Like I've got good energy, I'm not drained. I challenge you to imagine what it would look like if you truly only and exclusively said yes to things that were that like full body hell yes response, Mm -hmm. because I think life can be even more amazing than you imagine it being. And that idea of free the generator is like free us from all these shoulds that we take on that from a very young age are conditioned onto us because we just can, can hold a lot and can do a lot. So that I think is a very important thing to just kind of say. And the other thing that comes up a lot, I notice, is a misunderstanding of this idea of responding. So a lot of generators still feel like that is like a passive thing, that it's almost the same as a projector's strategy of waiting for the invitation. So they feel like, wait, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit around and wait and then respond. Wait. And I can't take action. Right. And they're like, but, but I'm supposed to go out and make my dreams happen. And I feel that urge to want to go. I need to build. (laughs) Exactly. And I always tell them like, what you want to do is you you are free to take as much action as you want, but you need to, before you actually invest time and energy in anything, you have to wait for the response to come from the inside out for you to feel that pull towards one of those options. So for example, if you were looking for a new job as a generator, you don't have to just sit and wait to be invited to apply to a position. Like by all means, apply to the positions that sound exciting to you, right? But then let's say you get two or three offers back. 
that that's where you want to pause and you want to wait to see what your kind of sacral center responds to with the most excitement. And we can only experience our response when we actually have something tangible to respond to, right? That's why there's that like tip of like, give yourself options like A, B, or C because it's much easier to gauge your response to that. So it's actually really important that generators take action and initiative in order to, to create those options for themselves. But then once the options are there, you do need to wait and see which one of those your sacral center responds to with the greatest hell yes excitement. I love that you said that because I I fully believe that too, where um, I think it can be hard for it to be so passive. And that's like a lot of conditioning to get through. But I like what you said around, like you can create the options for yourself or you can create these different things. Like I feel like something that I do a lot is like when I'm, I guess, creating options for myself is like the perfect example is like every Sunday I sit down and I have this meal plan. It's like a, a sticker that you, it's just like a magnetic thing that's on our fridge. And basically you write, you know, every day what's for dinner. And then there's like a little thing that you can tear off. That's a grocery list. And I, every Sunday I sit down and I'm like, okay, what do, what do we want for dinner? And my, my partner is a generator and he is like, the most annoying person when you ask what, what what do you want for dinner and I will give him options and he's just like so sweet and he just doesn't like to choose um he's very indecisive and so I'm like okay so what I do is I pull up Pinterest or I pull up you know Instagram and I usually have a folder of things that I've saved and it's like I've created these options for myself where I go ooh that sounds good or ooh these sound good or I or I go to like my favorite food person to follow is half baked harvest so like I'll go to her mm. page and I'm like what is she cooking? Like, is there anything that I kind of like feel a response to? And so basically then I'll lay out these, you know, seven or so options. And I'm like, Hey, what sounds good to you? Do you, does, um, you know, this salad sound good or does salmon tomorrow night sound good? And that usually allows us both to like have something to respond to. So I love what you said, because it is really important, I think, to create those options for yourself without it being like, you know, me coming up with something all the time. It's like, what is it? What am I, you know, what's kind of coming to me? That's just I'm able to make a decision from. Yeah, well, I've never thought of Pinterest before as a tool for that. But I do the same thing. I have like a folder of recipes. And when I'm out of ideas, I just scroll through it. But I feel like we could probably use that so much more effectively as generators in many, many different ways. Well, yeah, I guess Pinterest is a great example because it's like you open it up. And I'm also, you know, an open head center talking. Um, But like you open up your... Pinterest. And then there's like, you know, this feed of things that's being, uh, you know, given to you. And then you can go through and just, you know, what, what, what's kind of like pulling your sacral response? What's exciting to you? What can you, you know, add to your own board? And then that's something for you to, you know, decide from later. So maybe we just uncovered something here. (laughs) I know. Pinterest, you want to do a sponsor? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sponsorship really is podcast. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I would love that. Okay. So you mentioned some challenges about being a generator in there just around the ability to sometimes do things because we feel like we should do them or we prioritize other people's satisfaction above our own. What are some tips that you have for helping you decondition, especially, you know, again, when you're starting to feel frustrated or when you're falling into that not self of like prioritizing everyone else above yourself or your own satisfaction? The thing that has come up so much lately for myself, but also with clients, that is so obvious. Again, sometimes it's the most obvious things we need to be reminded of the most is this idea that you cannot pour from an empty cup. 
And I think a lot of generators when it comes to like self-care, let's say, or really anything, we tend to say, okay, well, I'm going to check all of these other shoulds off my list. And then I'm going to carve out some time for self-care. And we still get to the self-care. So again, we think we're, we're, we're still doing the right thing and we're taking time for ourselves, but there's actually a really important difference in like the order in which you approach that. And I feel like the way we should actually be doing it is start number one priority is filling your cup to the point that it is overflowing. And from there, you start to check off all the items off of your list because that it changes the energy that you bring to life, but also to all those tasks. And it makes your starting point when you're starting from a place where you have this cup that's overflowing because you just dedicated your morning to, you know, your matcha ritual or Mm -hmm. your workout or a call with a friend or whatever that thing is that like fills your cup. If you start from that place, right? Everything else is going to be so much easier, even the the not so enjoyable tasks, you're bringing a very different energy to it than if you start from a place that's like a cup that's already half full and then try to start pouring out from it. It makes a massive difference. So I would say, like, always make sure that you start with like, how full is my cup and what can I do to make it like overflowing? That is one. Two, I think another big thing is looking at whether your root center is defined or not. Because when you have an undefined, I think you have an undefined root center. Nope. No, you have a defined. Mm -hmm. defined. Okay, just like me. Okay, so when you have a defined root center, right, the pressure is is usually coming from within to take action and to do things. When you have an undefined root center, it's and you're a generator or a manifesting generator. It's really important to take a beat to determine whether you are feeling pressure from the outside to take an action or from the inside to take an action. Because if you're fresh feeling pressured from the outside, like that's something that's going to drain your sacral energy so, so quickly. And so before just reacting to the thing that someone else needs that you see, right, really take the time to be like, am I doing this because of pressure? Am I doing this because of excitement, right? Because Mm -hmm. I actually am so excited to serve this person, which is a massive difference. So that's another another one that I would say that like is important to look at if you have an open root center. I mean, for all of us, but especially if you have that open root. Mm, yeah. So those are like the two biggest things I would say. And then also the what we already mentioned of giving yourself defined options. And like sometimes I actually like to rank things on a scale of zero to five, like how excited am I about them? Because I find that an easier way of determining what I want to do, because sometimes it's like, okay, well, this is a, I'm excited about two out of these three things, but like one is a four out of five and one is a two out of five. And like that, that will make the, and maybe that's just because I'm more, sometimes a little bit more metrics driven, but it just helps me gauge um, and prioritize which I feel like, especially for manifesting generators too, can be very difficult when they feel excited by like a whole host of things. Like that's okay. There's usually still some type of hierarchy in how excited you are about them. Yeah. Oh, I love that tip. I've never done that before. Usually I think what I fall into is probably more of a not self reaction is like, what do I have to get done? And I think, and I love what you're, you've been saying. I'm learning because 
something that I do a lot of times is exactly what you were describing earlier, where it's like, okay, let me do the hardest thing first. Let me get that done. Like I literally have a sticky note on my computer that says, do the hardest thing first. And I think I'm going to rip that off. And I think I'm going to say, do the most satisfying thing first, because you're right. Because if I prioritize my satisfaction, that bleeds into everything in my day. Like I know when I wake up in the morning and I like, and it's funny because you mentioned exactly what I do. Like I go to my yoga class and then I make my matcha latte. When I Mm -hmm. do those two things in the morning, I am a different breed of a human. Like you better watch out because I am about to like crush the day. (laughs) Yep. And and the matcha usually like happens all the time, but like if the yoga happens and then the matcha, like, oh, it's done. Like the days. No stopping. Yeah. 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 Um, There should be a way to book with you on those days because you know you're going to get like. (laughs) But it's true when I'm like, yeah, post post satisfaction, please. (laughs) uh I legitimately prioritize my work tasks based on the thing that's going to bring me the most joy which is totally against what they say. I agree. Like, I agree. They say start with the hardest thing or the thing that's going to take the most time or I legitimately prioritize based on the thing that sounds the most fun. And it, it actually is a way more effective way for a generator to approach their work. I've found. I love that. Now, what, what do you feel about, because this is the question I get a lot from generators and I have my own answer for this, but I'm curious what you would answer to this is like, you know, of course, there's going to be things in our lives that aren't satisfying, right? There's things that we have to do, like, you know, we have to run the vacuum or we have to do the laundry or just like, you know, general chores or, you know, stuff that you have to do for your family that doesn't necessarily light you up, but it's just like a have to do. And, you know, I have my own answer, which is basically like, I'll say to people, um, you know, if that's what, you know, if those things come up, you know, the idea of being satisfied or successful or, you know, at peace, depending on what your type is, it's really not a, it's not that anyone does this 100%. Like we're meant to kind of have those moments where we get knocked off a little bit and we feel maybe frustrated or we feel, you know, bitter, whatever it is, depending on your type, because that's sort of the key to redirect you. But it's like, how can we, you know, 80% of your life, how can that live in that more satisfaction um, or, and then 20% of it be maybe perhaps in like the not self theme. So what are some things that you say to people who are experiencing like less satisfaction and, um, and how they can work through maybe some of the harder things that they have to do in their day to day that they just, they can't get rid of and that don't light them up as much. Yes. So the number one thing that I advise people and I try to do myself is how can I make that task more exciting? So laundry, for example, how to make that more exciting for me is to listen to my really trashy rom-com audiobook while I'm doing the laundry, <laughs> right? Um, or taxes, really do not enjoy that. How to make that more exciting for me is to go to my favorite coffee shop and treat myself to my favorite matcha there and this delicious cookie that they have. So first of all, I start with, okay, this task that you've got to do that isn't super fun how can you make that even more exciting? Because usually like for, for the people who are, you know, struggling to work out, right? How can I make that more exciting? Okay, well, first of all, pick a workout that actually is kind of fun. Maybe go there with a friend, maybe invest in some new beautiful workout gear, right? Like there's so many little things that you can do to at least make it a little bit more exciting to you. So that's step one. The other thing I usually encourage people to focus on is, the outcome, 
even though I feel like the journey is obviously so important. Like if you can get yourself really excited about the the outcome of that action or that task, it usually makes the process less arduous or draining. So that would be the second thing is like focus on the why you're doing it. And that needs to be exciting to you. Otherwise, I'm like, well, why are you doing it in the first place? Right. So with vacuuming, for example, right, the outcome is that you get to come home or like doing your putting new sheets on your bed. The outcome is like I get to sleep tonight in this like incredibly fresh, amazing bed. Then making my bed is like totally worth it. to do this. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly. It just it shifts your mindset around it. So those are the two things that I usually practice. Love that. I think those are really great reminders. And, you know, I was contemplating the other day about my gut and I gave this example. I don't know if it was in a reading or maybe I said it on my podcast, but I had a moment because, you know, the other thing about generators I want to talk about next is just the gut feelings like generators have strong guts. The other day I had this really, um, or I guess this was a couple of months ago, I had this moment where I really felt my gut sort of speaking to me. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about is like this morning sort of um, exercise where I would, so I scheduled my alarm. So I like to get up early and like go to my workout and something that I've, I've admitted a, a couple of times on Instagram and my podcast is that like, I struggle with being, a, I'm not a morning person. And I like, it's something that I would like to move into, but I'm like doing it my own way um, because I'm not designed to be consistent. So it's really hard for me to just flip a switch. So I'm like moving towards that. And so I had a moment a couple months ago where I scheduled you know, workout class and I set my alarm and my alarm went off and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to get out of bed. And like, you know, the the challenging thing for me, which isn't really challenging, it's kind of a blessing is that I have my own job. So I really make my own schedule. And so it's like, I can go at any time. So I don't really have this like time, you know, constraint on it. It's like either like I go or I just like sleep in and I go later, which is good and bad. But I, uh, so I had one of those moments where like, I, you know, snoozed my alarm and I'm like, Oh, I'm just like so tired. I'm going to lay here. It feels so like it's going to feel so satisfying to, you know, sleep in. I'll just do my workout later. And literally I felt my gut go like, nope. Like I literally felt the, like, it felt like it went, nope. And then I, all of a sudden I'm like, I can't fall back asleep. And then I'm laying there and I'm like, well, I'm just so tired. Like I need sleep. And I'm like having this, like, you know, half awake conversation in my head. And then I'm like, and then my gut literally was like, like, get up get up. And then it was like, you're going to be really satisfied. Like it almost was like, it was saying this to me, like you, if you keep laying here, you are going to be so mad and frustrated later today when you didn't do that, like morning practice that you love to do. And so I was like, God dang it. So I got up and I like, you know, brush my teeth, put my yoga pants on. And I rushed out of the door and ran to my class and had an amazing workout, came home and had such a great day. And I thought about it all day because I was like, that was, and it really did come from my stomach. I was like, that was really my gut telling me, although I felt like it was going to be really satisfactory to sleep in, it was like, no, it's not. You're not going to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. So I love what you said around like the outcome, because sometimes that's what I'll tell people is like, well, I mean, how would that feel if that thing was completed? And or again, like, how can you make it so enjoyable? Maybe like I put on like my favorite podcast while I'm driving there. I put on like, you know, my favorite song or something. Yeah. So in terms of like gut, that was like just something to relate to. But in terms of like the gut feelings, where have you noticed your gut really show up and or perhaps like practices around feeling your gut? What is just kind of like your general thoughts around the gut feelings? Yes. And for me, it's like a little 
complicated by the fact that I'm an emotional. So I kind of have like the gut and the emotions. And oh, I didn't realize that. I think I forgot. Sometimes it's like easier for me to distinguish than others. Mm-hmm. I notice, and this is even before I ever discovered human design and learned about being a generator. I put my hand on my stomach a lot. It's mm. kind of like my, I don't, I almost don't know, but it's like that sign of me checking in with myself. And for some reason, I've always known that that's the place that I actually need to check in with the most. For me, being gut led, first and foremost, means turning off my mind. Like that is the hardest. When I'm able to like get out of my head, usually it's much easier for me to be led by the gut. And that's usually like the main block. And so this idea of trying to make sense of things, like I notice that when I have this desire to do something and then I'm like almost arguing with myself, I know I'm not in my gut. Like I've lost that connection. And so I need to do something to kind of like turn off the mind. And usually I put my hand on my belly and that like kind of reminds me to like tune back into like the gut. Um, but because I am an emotional, I have a gut feeling and then I have to kind of sit with it for a little bit because I, I kind of want to make sure that it is truly like my gut response and that it isn't kind of like that emotional up high or low that I'm experiencing. So for me, the gut, and this is like what I always describe to people who have both the gut and the spleen defined, right? So for me, the, the the spleen is like the one time like whisper or knowing, right? That comes in and then it's gone. Whereas the gut is something that you can kind of constantly check in with. Like, so it's it allows you to have this ongoing conversation with it. And it's more of like a, a kind of, yeah, something that you can just keep checking in with. And that gut will will change sometimes, but it's always there. And that's why for me, like putting my hand on my belly is just that reminder to check in with it and where it is. That's how I would describe kind of how I use the gut the most. And then the taking my mind out of it. And as soon as I notice that I'm arguing with myself or having a conversation in my mind or trying to rationalize or validate something that I feel, I know that I've lost that authentic connection. Love that. And I think that that's such an important thing to talk about because when I was first learning human design, like I'm a pure generator. So I just have, you know, instant access to my gut. And, and anyone listening, if you're a, you know, a pure generator, which simply means a sacral generator, your authorities, your gut feelings, it means like you have instant access to your decision when something presents itself. Whereas like Alexandra's describing, she has emotional authority. So what happens for her is like, she may have a gut response right away, but she's designed to love her decision through time rather than in that moment. So her gut may say yes. And then she's meant to sit with that for, you know, sleep on it for a few days and then decide, okay, is this still, does this still feel like a yes? Or is it, or maybe is this a no? And I think what can happen all the time for emotional generators is that they use that time to get in their head where they're like, well, this isn't smart or, well, now this person thinks this decision's dumb. And it's like, no, the time is not to get in your head. The time is to go, does this still feel right? Can I, let me check in mm-hmm. with my gut now. Okay. It wasn't just like writing an emotional higher low. It's still, it's still a yes, or, or it's still a no. I love that. I think that that's so important to to talk about because that can be really confusing, really confusing too, because you'll read about generators. And it's like the gut, the gut, the gut. And then all of a sudden someone with emotional authority, that's a generator. They're like, I don't understand, but I'm not good authority. So why does it keep talking about my gut? It's uh, so subtle. 
too until it's like you start to experience it in your own body and you're like ah and that's why we call it an experiment because you kind of just have to experiment with it yes Mm -hmm. yes so is there anything else that you would like to say about generators uh, or anything just about your own experience as we just wrap up? I would just say that you the, the greatest gift that you can give to other people, because I think at the end of the day, like there is this there is this built in pressure for everyone, but especially for generators to like serve and support and help other people. And we feel other people's expectations like so deeply. And so I think understanding that the greatest gift that you can give others is actually to do what brings you joy and to fill your cup first and foremost. And that by doing that, you're naturally going to kind of be magnetic enough and 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 raise the vibration of like everyone that comes into contact with you. If you can like truly embrace embrace that, it just helps you not be a martyr because that's like the biggest risk as a generator. And like, we're so good at like telling stories about no, but it's so, I have to put my son's needs first because, you know, he's my son and he can't take care of himself. But really, I am such a better mother to him when I, my cup is full. And if that means being a little bit selfish sometimes, and if that means getting extra help, I've learned to celebrate that instead of feel guilty about that. And I noticed the more I celebrate that and own that and like show up in that way, the more it gives the people around me permission to do the same and the happier they are and the, yep. you know, the better like friends and partners and whatever it is that they become. So I think just truly embracing that notion as a generator is like the greatest gift for yourself, but really gift for, for others too. So just make sure that you're filling your cup first and foremost, even though you feel pressure to fill everyone else's first. Yeah. And you know, that gives your son permission someday. He's going to look at you and go, my mom always prioritized herself. So that like by that, he now has permission to prioritize himself and do what's best for him. So that is just I love that so much. I can't wait to have a kid someday just to observe. You're going to be an amazing mom. And also with that, like this is the other thing that just came up. It just because I prioritize, let's say my like, you know, I need my workouts too, right? So let's say I prioritize my yoga class doesn't mean I love him any less. And I think that's another thing that like the world and generators sometimes do is like we equate our like, just like we equate our self worth with how much we're doing for other people. There's this sense of like, sacrifice is love, right? Like when you Mm -hmm. sacrifice for another person, that's the way you show love. And that's a story we really need to um, stop spreading. Because I hope and know my son will the, the like the biggest truth for him will always be that I love him more than anything else. And when he needs me, I will drop everything for him. Right. Yeah. But that can be true. And I can still prioritize my workouts and take time away that we could be spending together to actually fill my cup so that when I am with him, I can be more present and supportive and all of those good things. And what is your son's type? He's a manifesting generator. Okay. Yeah. So very similar yeah. to you in some degree, yes. which is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Your poor, your poor, poor husband. husband. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, He's wow. always like, oh, on weekends, they're like, what are we doing today? And my husband's like, can we just lie and, and veg and 
do absolutely <laughs> nothing. I'm like, yeah. no, we're going to fill yeah. our whole day with activity. Yeah. You're like, well, the more satisfied I am, you're actually going to feel it. So let's just do what's satisfying to me. I love yeah. it. Well, it's yeah. been so great chatting with you just about being a generator, you know, from the generator that I learned from. And so um, what are some ways that people can work with you and find you and all the good stuff? Best way to find me is at Alexandra F. Cole on Instagram. Um, I have everything there, as you already alluded to. My website is just alexandracole.com. And you can kind of learn a little bit more about how to work with me, book a session on there too. And then for any parents specifically, I have a website called thrivingbydesign.com. Um, where I'm building a whole kind of library of tools and resources for how to parent by design, essentially. Check her out, guys. She's got the greatest stuff. So, so happy you came on. And thank you again. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. If this episode has energized you, I ask you to share it or to send it to someone where it can make a big difference in their life. And please tag me with your shares, something you learned from this episode or that you love from it. I'm at the design of you on Instagram. Also, please DM with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support and consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you. And I love you oh so, so much. See you soon.